0: Amen. Hallelujah. We are so grateful again to be here. If you got a word, say, I got it. If you don't, say, wait. Second Samuel chapter 4, I'll be reading out of the New Living Translation. Verse 4 says, Saul's son Jonathan had a son, and his name was Mephibosheth, who was crippled as a child. He was five years old when the report came from Jezreel that Saul and Jonathan had been killed in battle. When the child's nurse heard the news, she picked him up and fled. She picked him up and ran. But as she hurried away, she dropped him and he became crippled. Let's go to 2 Samuel chapter 9, the third verse. Then the king asked him, is anyone still alive from Saul's family? If so, I want to show God's kindness to them. Zeba replied, yes, one of Jonathan's sons is still alive. He is crippled in both of his feet. He said, where is he, the king asked. He said, in Lodabar, Zeba told him, at the home of Makir, son of Amiel. Skip down now to verse number seven. He says, don't be afraid, David said, I intend to show you kindness because of my promise to your father, Jonathan. I will give you all of the property that once belonged to your grandfather Saul and you will eat here at my table continually. Uh, For the next 17 minutes, yes, 17 minutes of your time, I'm going to minister from the subject, I'm not crazy, I'm just crippled. Look at somebody and say neighbor. I know I may look crazy, but I'm not crazy, I'm just crippled. They don't believe you. Look at somebody across the aisle and put your preacher voice on and say, Hey neighbor, I ain't cra- I'm ain't i not crazy. I'm just crippled. You may take your seats in the presence of the Lord. I'm not crazy. I'm crippled. I still have a seat at the table. We are reading out of Second Samuel. Now, uh, to give you a little bit of historicity of the text, Uh, In 1 Samuel chapter 31, David, I'm sorry, uh, Saul and Jonathan, King Saul and Jonathan have now just died. And in 2 Samuel chapter 1, David comes into the knowledge that uh, not only did his king, but his best friend, Jonathan, have just passed away. And in 2 Samuel uh, chapter 2, we discover that there is someone else that is getting ready to come into the kingship that has not been ordained by God. And then in 2 Samuel chapter 3, we discover that there is a war going on between the house of Saul and the house of David now you've got to know a little bit about why there was a war going on between these two households understand believers that Israel really did not need a king in fact in 1 Samuel they begged the prophet Samuel to ask God to give them a king because they started comparing themselves to other nations and when they started comparing themselves to other nations they started losing confidence in the God that they served this is the problem that we have with comparing our ourselves to others in that we comparison is the killer of confidence I said comparison is the killer of confidence and when we allow our confidence to be mistreated when we allow our confidence and our God to go down just like the children of Israel we come uh, they become dissatisfied with God and because they become dissatisfied with God they start to allow their flesh to start making decisions for them and this is where we are introduced to Saul the king of the flesh now under that Saul did not have uh, many reigns in this kingship because he disobeyed God and the Bible declares that the prophet Samuel was supposed to go to the house of Jesse and anoint another king that God had brought up out from the house of Jesse the Bethlehemite now the Bible declares that Jesse had made all of his sons walk before the prophet Samuel but Samuel was confused because he realized that the oil did not flow with the ones who were in there so he said surely you have another son and they said yeah there's David but he's the one with the sheep and the man of God said we will not sit down until David comes into the room the Bible declares that after David comes into the room that the Holy Ghost that the Lord speaks unto Samuel and he says anoint this one because this is the one that's getting ready to take over the kingdom can I help you God is getting ready to anoint you in the midst of people who never thought that you were able to carry the oil God is getting ready to anoint you in the midst of people who act like they didn't know your name when somebody came calling and looking for you. Uh, You've got to understand that the reason why some of these positions are not filled is because you have not walked into the room yet. God said that the oil cannot flow until my anointed one has walked in the room. There are several of us tonight wondering why we are being looked over and wondering why people thought that we forgot our names. And God said, I didn't forget your name. I just had to wait until there was a prophet in the house to anoint you in front of everybody that disqualified you because of your past. I got to move on. The text, the text, the text. The text declares believers that after this that Saul now the Lord gives him evil spirits. So now anytime an evil spirit comes upon Saul, it's almost like he goes crazy. And someone of Saul's servants says, hey, let us go and find a man who is anointed, who can play these demon spirits off of you. The Bible declares that someone from Saul's camp said, hey, I know a man. He's young. He's handsome. And the Lord is with him. He is the son of Jesse the Bethlehemite. God is getting ready to put your name in the mouths of people who you didn't even think knew who you were. I said God is getting ready to drop you in the midst of people who didn't even know that you knew your own name. The text declares uh, that after this that uh, David becomes Saul's armor bearer and from that day he is with him back and forth to his father's house. Now Saul did not really start to develop a complex about David until David killed something that Saul was to Afraid to confront. Y'all gonna make me preach hard, it's fine. I said Saul did not care that he was a shepherd boy. He didn't care that he was going back and forth to his father's house and to the palace. What made him angry was that he had the anointing and have the skill set to do what Saul could not do. The Bible declares that after he killed Goliath, Saul didn't even recognize who David was. Uh, can I help you? There are some people in your life uh, that know who, exactly who you are but act like they won't recognize you because they don't want to acknowledge the gift that God has put on the inside of you. Now, they don't want to acknowledge who God is. says that you are they don't want to acknowledge that God's hand is on your life and sometimes you've got to kill a Goliath before anybody recognizes how powerful you really are I said God why in the world would you want to hide who David is God said I had to hide who David was so that Saul would not get to kill him before it was time for him to make it to his destined place there are some of us that feel like God is looking over us but God said I have to hide you until you are ready to fight the enemies that come with this promoted place. There are a lot of us that want to be anointed, but there are a lot of us that don't want to deal with the Goliaths that come with the power of the anointing. What I like about this text is that God did not give Saul the strategy because Saul was not had, Saul did not have the grace to kill Goliath. But when God you are strategies. How do you know when you are anointed for a place? Uh, when God gives you the grace and the strategy to be able to kill the Goliaths that come with the position. Uh, the text declares now you understand why in the world uh, there is a war between the house of Saul and the house of David. Now, as we come into the circumference of our text uh, in 2 Samuel chapter 4, you will discover now that there uh, there is a man named Ishbosheth, and the Bible declares that Abner, who was Saul's commander in the army, uh, uh promoted ish which is Saul's son to kingship now the Bible declares that Abner had died and ish was afraid for his life because he understood that whoever killed him was getting ready to come after him next but now we have something in the text called a plot twist because in second Samuel chapter four we had never known before that Jonathan had a son but he just didn't have a son. He had a son who was crippled. Now, you got to go into the sex a little bit in 2 Samuel chapter 4, where it says that after his nurse heard the news that his father and his grandfather had just died, he picks him up. They began to run, but on her way to trying to put him in a safe place, she drops him. Now, it does not say that his father dropped him. The text doesn't say that his mother dropped him. The Bible says that it was somebody who was supposed to be responsible for him that dropped him. Has anybody ever been dropped? Understand that It is impossible for a stranger to have access to you to cripple you. The people that cripple you the most are always going to be the people that were assigned to help you. The people who are going to cripple you the most are the people that sometimes our parents have left us in the care of because they thought that they can trust them not to touch you. They thought that they can trust them not to put stuff in your mind. They thought that they can trust them not to ridicule and hurt you, but because they have put their hands and Show assignment in the life of people who didn't have enough power to sustain the weight of who you were. So instead of being who they were supposed to be, they made a mistake and they dropped you. Now, what I like this text is the word drop means omitted. It means to look over. It means to be left out. It means to be ignored. There is something that happens when you are dropped. But the text declares that not only was he dropped, but he was dropped at the age of five years old, which means that he knew that something was wrong. But because he did not have the verbiage to uh, articulate what it really was, uh, the nurse could not interpret the sound of the cry. All she knew was that something was wrong, but did not have time to stop to heal what has been broken and now Mephibosheth is forced to grow up while everything else is growing. His arms look normal. His head looks normal but every time he looks down at his feet he will always remember that he is not the one responsible for putting him in a position to where now he has become crippled. That now he has come into a place where it was not his fault but it has now become his problem and now he is in a broken state where Nobody has fixed him because everybody was trying to get him to safety. Has anybody ever been in a place where you have felt dropped and nobody stopped to fix your heart? Nobody stopped to fix the broken thing on the inside of you because they were trying to get you to a place of safety. How do you know when you've been dropped? I'm so glad you asked. How do you know that something in you is broken? The first symptom of how you know that something is broken is number one, you have pain. Pain is always a massive indicator that something is wrong. And what you gotta understand about pain is that pain always makes a sound. I said, pain always has a sound it does not matter how much you try to medicate it it does not matter how much you try to put a band-aid over it when someone touches that sensitive spot on the inside of you there is something that comes out of you and sometimes it sounds like a scream and people think that you are crazy but you are saying there is something wrong with me and I cannot articulate what it is all that I remember is that I was trapped and while I was trapped I was messed up and nobody ever stopped to feel fix me where I was. The second indication that something is broken in you is that you have bruises. Now, bruising is a sign where it says that the blood vessels are leaking inside of the body and the blood is trapped. How do you know that you've been broken? When you feel like you are trapped. When you feel like people are not listening to you. When you feel like there is nothing and there is no one that, can, that is able to understand what it is that you are dealing with. And you're trying to run from person to person, trying to get them to understand. And the more you try to run, the more you feel trapped in your own body because there is no one there that is able to help you identify where the bruising is coming from. Five more minutes and I'm going to my clothes because y'all look bored. The text. The text, the last symptom of how you know you have been broken. Number one, there's pain. Number two, there's bruising. The last thing that, the last indicator is that there is an inability to bear weight. There is an inability to bear weight. What does that mean for you? You are unable to carry your own weight. When someone talks about you, you can't take it. You're ready to leave the church because somebody told you your skirt was too short. Come on, somebody. You're ready to leave the church because someone told you to take off your hat. You're ready to leave the church because something is wrong with you. Understand that when you have been broken, you are no longer able to hold and carry what you used to be able to carry. That's why when you go to school, you can't even take the teachers telling you nothing because there is so much brokenness in you. And they are punishing you, not realizing that there is a problem that you never asked for. I never asked to be broken. I never asked to be messed up. I never asked for my heart to be broken. But instead of stopping, I gotta keep going because everybody around me is telling me that I need to get over it. Everybody around me is telling me that I don't need a therapist. Everybody around me is telling me that I'm just crazy. Everybody around me is telling me that I just want attention. But what they don't understand is that I'm not hollering and acting crazy because I want attention. I'm hollering and acting and crazy because I need somebody to see that it's time for me to be healed but I can't be healed because everybody else around me is broken too and they don't like to tell the truth but I'm the one that is on the forefront oh they're messed up too but I'm the only one that they call crazy because I'm the one that will acknowledge that there is something wrong with me that nobody else is able to admit I'm done Now, after he is broken, he has now become a product of his environment. The Bible declares that they don't keep him where he is. They bring him to a place called Lodabar. Lodabar is two words. Lo means no, Dabar means word. They literally bring him to a place where there is no word that manifests to talk to him, to show him who he really is was. And now, he becomes a product of his environment. Now, what people call crazy is common in Lodabar. Because in Lodabar, everybody's crazy. Because in Lodabar, nothing comes good out of there. Because in Lodabar, there is nothing that is productive. In fact, isn't it crazy that the grandson of a king is stuck in a place with full of crazies, not remembering who he really is. There are some of us that are trapped in a place called Lodabar and you have lost your identity because you've allowed what crippled you to keep you in a place where God never intended for you to be. Oh! but I came to tell somebody today that there is a man named Jesus that has made a promise to you and he's getting ready to call you out of your place called Lodabah. I'm done here. The Bible declares that in 2 Samuel chapter 9 that David says, is there anyone out of the house of Saul that I can bless? And the Bible declares that Ziba speaks up. Ziba was a servant in the house of Saul. Ziba speaks up and says, yeah, Jonathan had a son who was crippled at his feet. Now, you've got to read the text. Uh, Zeba knew exactly what Mephibosheth's name was. But instead of calling his name, he called him by his deformality. What are you trying to say? That there are some people in your life who know exactly who you are. But the reason why, they will call you by your addiction. They'll call you by who you used to be. Because they don't want the person inquiring about you to ask ask about who you are, huh? you've got to understand that there are some people that are benefiting from you not being in your rightful position. And the reason why they'll never say your name is because it's going to jack them up where they are. Huh? Just look at somebody and say, you know my name. Oh, Destiny Child had a song that said, say my name, say my name. Trey Songs had a song that said, the neighbors know. Wrong church, wrong church, wrong church. Text, text, text. You've got to understand that they know exactly who you are, but they dare not call you by what God called you because they don't want to be moved out of the position that they are in. I feel like preaching now. Uh, The text declares believers that after this moment, uh, David sends for Mephibosheth, he says, go and get him out of that house of another man. Isn't that crazy? You got a king's son living in the house of another man in a Place where there is no productivity. You've got a king's kid living in a place where nobody is respected. You've got a king's kid comfortably in a position where his royal blood is not supposed to be. Can I help five people tonight? There are about three of y'all that are sitting in a position that makes you look crazy because you know you ain't supposed to be there. I got to stay in the text. The text declares believers uh, that after this, David calls him uh, out of, of Makir's house. Uh, and he says, Mephibosheth, uh, come here. Uh, and Mephibosheth is afraid. Now, uh, David calls Mephibosheth's name. Why? Uh, because it is not your deformality that matters uh, when you've got royal blood running through your DNA. Uh, God said, I don't care nothing about uh, who you used to be. All I care about uh, is who I've called you to be. Uh, the Bible declares that he calls him out of this place called Lodabah and, and Mephibosheth is afraid for his life because he thinks he's getting ready to die but the Bible declares that David said hey I'm not trying to kill you I'm trying to promote you all oh, that us uh, that have been in Lodabal for so long uh, that when somebody good comes along uh, you shun them away uh, because your mentality uh, cannot fathom that somebody actually wants to help your crazy behind some of us cannot fathom uh, that there is somebody that God sent for us uh, and every good man he sins you move away uh, because you were dropped at the wrong time Uh, every good woman he sins you mess up uh, because you were crippled uh, and nobody ever stopped to heal you right where you were I got to go to my clothes now the Bible declares that he calls him out and now Mephibosheth is confused he says who am I a dead dog like me that you would put me in the king's house Uh, I told you that now Mephibosheth has now become an an environment to, to where he believes he is a dead dog now you got to understand in those Those days, dogs were not man's best friend. Dogs were seen as evil. Dogs were seen as vile. Nobody wanted to be around a dog. So doesn't that sound crazy? Somebody who's a king's kid is referring to himself as a dead dog, which lets us know now his environment has gotten into his mind. He doesn't even see himself as a human anymore. This is what happens when you lose your identity identity of who God called you to be. I feel like teaching now. Do me one favor and grab a neighbor by the hand and say, neighbor, you ain't crazy. You just crippled. The Bible declares that after he gets up, that he goes and David tells him, David ignores what he says and begins to Zeba uh, you getting ready to serve this man yeah number one David uh, did not entertain uh, who he said he was in Lodaba uh, can I help you today yeah. in this next season of your life uh, nobody is going to entertain uh, who you used to be in Lodaba uh, nobody is going to entertain uh, you talking crazy about yourself uh, nobody is going to entertain uh, your deformality He said, I'm calling you out of Lodabah. And I'm putting you in a position of the king. Now what you gotta understand is that Mephibosheth didn't even have to fight for his grandfather's land. He didn't even have to fight for the environment. All Mephibosheth had to do was show up. Can I help five people today? I'm You feel like you're tired. I know you've been down for a long time, but God told me to tell you all you got to do is show up with your crippled self. I know you're walking with a limp and you This limp was going to keep you from getting to the table. But God told me to tell you, this limp is what qualifies you to sit at the table. some of you tonight that don't believe that you belong at the table because of your deformality. But can I help you tonight? God told me to tell you it's your deformality that qualifies you to sit at the table. What I like about the text is that when everybody's sitting at the table, you can my clothes. Congratulations, you just made it out of the worst season. limping until I get to the table Rock. I ain't crazy. Somebody messed me up. But now that I know who I am, I'll walk to the table with confidence. I'll walk to the table like I belong here. I'll walk to the table like. is repent because there cannot be a refilling or a revival without repentance and there are some of us that are still holding on to who dropped us and it's causing us not to be in the position that God wants for us so the first thing we got to do is repent and ask God to help us forgive those who dropped us don't get quiet now Lord that's the first thing we're going to do open up your mouth and begin to repent and we come against every spirit of rejection for those of you who have rejected and who are not able to talk about what happened to you because you are afraid of the judgment that will come on you. God said, I release you from that judgment tonight. On the count of three, I want you to begin to open up your mouth and start repenting. Start asking God, what does repenting mean? It means to turn your heart back to God. Turn away from the things that keep you away from God and turn your heart back to the things of God. On the count of three, I don't care what you got to do. Close your eyes, lift your hands. The fire of God is getting ready to touch this altar. One, two, three. Open up your mouth. Come on. You don't need that music. Come on. I said, open up your mouth. Come on, prayer warriors all over the room. Come on. We came to fight tonight. Come on. Open up your mouth. Father, forgive me. Father, wash me. Father, clean me. Come on. Father, I know that you've done. I know that you set this up. But Lord, I need you to touch me again. You know why I was dropped. You know what they did to me. You know that it still makes me cry. You know that it keeps me up at night. You know that's why I can't trust anybody. You know why you do it but Lord, I thank you and now I ask for you to forgive me and help me to forgive those who have dropped me come on, open up your mouth Oh, that's real cute but you gotta push out of your belly come on Prayer warriors, don't get quiet on me now. Come on. Come on. We almost there. Come on. Come on. That's it. It hurt me. It hurt me that they left me. It hurt me. Lord, heal my heart. Touch my heart again. Do a hard work in me. Give me a new heart tonight. Lord, touch my soul. My soul is broken. My soul needs a healing. Lord, revive my soul. Take the pain away. I want to hurt myself because of the pain. But Lord, heal the pain. Come on, Zion. Come on, that's it. Lord, touch me. Touch where I hurt. You know, Lord, you know where i pain. You know where I'm hurting. You know where I'm worried. You know what they did. But Lord, touch me again. Come on, come on, come on. I can't hear nothing on this altar. Y'all going to make me? Come on open up your mouth that's it come on lord i want to be touched i want to do right here but this thing keeps calling me back come on it keeps calling me back it keeps calling me back but lord today i need you to touch me god you know what they did i can't tell nobody but you you know what they did i can't lean on nobody but you lord give me my self-esteem back lord give me my confidence back Tosh. Come on, I can't hear nobody praying. Don't, come on. I said, there's a restoration that's getting ready to touch this altar. Come on. I said, restoration, it's getting ready to touch this altar. If you really want it, I need you to lift up your hands. Because the fire of God, 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 God. is getting ready to fall, come on spirit of suicide, I come against every spirit of darkness, I come against every spirit in your mind, I speak and I say come forth, prophet come forth, dreamer come forth, I do warfare, We're getting ready to go. Do me a favor. Grab somebody by the hand, two by two. There's a deliverance that's getting ready to hit this altar. Grab somebody by the hand, two by two. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Everybody all over the building. We're getting ready to move. There are certain praises. I feel the Holy Ghost that God responds to. One of those praises is called the Halal Praiser. Halal means to boast. It means to speak well of. Yeah. We find the halal praiser in Psalm 34, verse 2. My soul shall make a halal. My soul shall make a boast in the Lord that the humble will hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. You have to ask yourself, who in the world are the humble? The humble literally translates into the word afflicted, which means sickness. Or somebody that is in need of a healing the Bible declares that when the halal praiser begins to shout and pray and boast about God that the countenance of the humble changes and it goes from I will bless the Lord to "Oh, magnify the Lord with me now you don't know who you're standing next to tonight but when the halal praiser begins to shout deliverance has to take place so on the count of three need you to begin to open up your mouth uh, and shout for that hand that you're holding, uh, because deliverance uh, is getting ready to drop. Uh, One, two, three, shout. Come on! Deliverance your hands. Come on. Come on. Deliverance is getting ready to hit you. (laughs) Right where you are. I know you don't feel like it. But the Lord said, I remember you. He said, I remember you. I remember the tears. I remember you. I remember what they did. I remember you. And there is no weapon that is formed against you that shall be able to prosper. We (laughs) Ha <laughs> Oh Lord, come on. Oh Lord, come on. Oh Jesus, come on. If you can't feel nothing, just call his name. Oh Jesus. Oh Jesus. Oh Jesus. You know Lord. Oh Jesus. You know Lord. Oh Jesus. You know Lord. jesus we call on that name oh jesus no other name i know oh jesus we love that name jesus come on open up your mouth and call that name oh jesus 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 i can't get no help jesus jesus who else can i call jesus jesus no other We call on everybody else. Beyonce ain't got the power to heal you. Jay-Z ain't got the power to heal you. Cardi B ain't got the power to heal you. we done. we finna going go. we about to go. Come on, call that name. He's still moving. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on now, without the music, let your memory be your music. When I think of the goodness of Jesus, go to deep. Come on and all he's done for me, my soul cries out, Hallelujah! Come on, come on, we're getting ready to move. But there is a sound of victory that you gotta let out because the devil just lost again. I said, There's a sound of victory that you gotta let out because the devil. MACK! He said he'll praise all by himself. He don't need no help. Come on. Listen. We're going back to our seats. While you are going back to your seat, and these two stay here. I want you to go back to your seat and tell somebody, you ain't crazy. You're not even crippled. God just healed you. Y'all ain't talking to the right people. I said, go back to your seat and prophesy to five people and tell them you ain't crazy. You ain't even crippled. God just healed you. She yeah. has! Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that Jesus Christ died in my place. I receive forgiveness. I receive Jesus Christ into my heart. Say, Satan, say it real loud. Satan, get out of my mind. Satan, get out of my heart. Tell him I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. Now, if you believe, just say.